Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. The reason it's a Thursday edition is we welcome in Anthony Pusick is because Wednesday, I don't want to bring up bad memories for Anthony, but it was a tough day at 9870 ESPN New York. Our internet went down. A lot of things were not working. We were off the air for like an hour and a half. So unfortunately, we could not do the podcast and we could have waited till Friday, Anthony, but there was a lot of stuff that happened on Tuesday last night. We wanted to get a podcast up for the people that were expecting something yesterday. So I know you had a tough day, but now we've moved on to Thursday, and you can now block it out as if it never happened. Yeah, like it was great that everybody missed the podcast, but in the midst of people asking, do you think you're going to do a podcast today, when if you turned on the radio, there was nothing on the air? Yeah. Um, I, I just told you, I think it would be best if you just come in, and even when you said, let's do something at two, I was like, I don't even know how I could do that. So, uh, just um, we move on, and it's been a great two days of hockey, and we have a lot to get into. Yeah, and, and you know, let's start with... Um, and I know there's a lot of people that listen to this around the world, but you know we're based out of New York, so when we say the locals, we're talking about Rangers, Islanders, and Devils, and and they all played on on Tuesday. And the only oh great, one more win, bad stuff, fantastic. Uh, were the Devils, and, and we'll get to them in a second. But a lot of bad happened. There was a lot of goals scored. Period on Tuesday, uh, except for the Rangers, they only scored the two. But let, let's start with the Rangers, and it's been an amazing season for them. Uh, they're eight five, eighteen five and one. There's really nothing to complain about, at least on the surface. But when you're, and I said this on the post game show, because um, I did the pre and post, I hosted the Rangers and the Senators on Tuesday. That when you have aspirations to win a cup, you just can't look at the final result every night and determine whether it was good or bad. You got to dig a little deeper. And over the last three games, in which the Rangers have won two of them. They have it, has, it hasn't been good done. Let's be allowed honest. sixteen goals. Okay, now one of them was the empty net against Ottawa. Now they scored twelve in that span, and as I said, won two of the three. But you know whether it's having to come back from two nothing down, three one down against Nashville, eventually win the game four three, um, almost blow a six three lead in the third period against San Jose, give up five goals to the Sharks. Um, the Islanders said, "Hold my beer," but I, I think the Rangers are better than the Islanders. You know, and then then you didn't have the comeback against Ottawa, and you end up losing the game uh, six to two. Although you fell behind two nothing, three one, you fought back to make it three two. But Ottawa was just clearly the better team. So things to work on. They don't play again until Saturday. But you know, all right, it's just a hiccup, not a big deal. But it was three games in which I don't think the final result of two and one over those three games should be enough for you to say, we're okay. I think there's some things that need to get fixed. Yeah, and Laviolette admitted that after the game. Um, Like you said, Don, they were probably lucky to win the two games that they did in this three-game stretch. And then the way that they ended the Sharks game kind of trickled over into the Ottawa game, where if they had a little bit more time, as we will talk about with the Islanders, they might have actually... uh, lost that game. Uh, mm-hmm. The Rangers would have. The Sharks might have won it. Um, 
uh, Megan Shaka put this out on Twitter, reposted by Shayna Goldman of The Athletic. This was before that uh, Rangers-Senators game. The Rangers ranked 6th worst, 27th in the league, in odd man rushes against per game. They let up 4.5, a, a little over 4.5, 4.52. I imagine that number went up after the Ottawa game because there were quite quite a lot of odd man rushes. Um, it seemed like the system that has been a benefit to the Rangers this year, Ottawa was able to put some holes in it. Anthony Duclair was able to get behind the defense in the Sharks game. Um, and now with Fox back, you'd think that the defense would be a little bit better. But mm-hmm. hey, that, it, you're not going to... I didn't anticipate this Rangers team to beat Boston's record of most points in a regular season. Um, these things happen. It's nice that they're doing it now so they can kind of clean it up. Uh, but yeah, certainly some some things that well, I think they admit they need to clean up, and they know that. Well, uh, uh, Dave said it um, after the declare goal on Sunday that that looked like a byproduct of David Quinn breaking down film on this system and finding a hole. Like there's just the way he was cherry picking. That there are ways that I think teams now that you've got 23 games of film, teams have gotten a chance to see the Rangers and how they work can now kind of figure out a way to break this system, and now the Rangers have to now counter that by doing some work and making some changes. The problem with this team, and it's been a problem for many different coaches, and really has been a problem since they become such a dynamic offensive team with the addition of Artemi Panarin, is sometimes it becomes like Harlem Globetrotter hockey, where they start thinking offense, they start making mistakes, their defensemen start to pinch, they start to think that the offense is is coming and then it comes at the expense of just taking care of business on the defensive side and i think you saw that against san jose hey this is a awful team we're going to really be able to pat our stats here and miller scores the goal to make it 6-3 and then you let down and you realize as peter laviolette said there are no weak teams in this league some teams are stronger than others but san jose is there you know there were six six and one uh, going into that game over their last 13, they were playing better hockey, and there's some talented players on that team that can take advantage, and they did. And the Rangers were able to survive it because the clock zeroed out just in time, but then it carried over against Ottawa, and, and Ottawa struggled under 500, but they've got f- some very talented players too. Tarasenko's a world-class player. Kachuk's a world-class player. Mark down Stutzla. the former Rangers scoring against the... Uh... Scoring against the Rangers, yeah, Sanko exactly. being one of them. Yeah, so you know, and and if you if you let down at all, there's enough on the other side that can take advantage of that, and we saw that against Buffalo, and um, we, we've seen it at times. What's odd for me though, Anthony, and I haven't been able to put a finger on why this is. If you count the Minnesota shootout loss, mm-hmm. they have they have been defeated six times this year. Right, five of the teams that have won those six are teams that were out of the playoffs. Right, Columbus is not a very good team. Buffalo is not a very good team. Uh, Nashville is under five hundred, or at least you know bouncing around between five hundred and under five hundred. Uh, Minnesota, uh, that was when Dean Evison was the coach, and they were really struggling at the time. You know, beat the Rangers. Ottawa under five hundred when they beat them. The only team that is good that have beat the Rangers is Dallas. So yeah. is that also a uh, indication that maybe they played down to their opponent at times? Well, um, and you so said is Sox, that an issue? You said earlier in the season, Don Styles make fights, but you know, I didn't think Ottawa. And Ottawa does have some aggressive uh, four checkers and some aggressive guys. I don't think that the Rangers were out muscled in that game. I, I, I do think that Ottawa may have taken a little bit more risks, and maybe teams that are 
lower in the standings, they'll say, you know what, this team, we know this team can score. Let's just take let's take our chances. We know we're going to give up odd man. It felt like in that second period, Ottawa and the Rangers said defense optional. Let's give up as many odd man rushes as we can and see how many won't right. go in the net. Um, I don't know if that's a sustainable strategy for anybody, but in a one-game stretch where you're playing one team in your building, it's like, you know what? We know they're going to do the trap. Let's see if we can get behind them. Let's see if we mm-hmm. can keep them in their zone for a little bit longer than they'd like to be. Um, and it worked out. Uh, and and does that mean every team is going to implement that? I don't know. I mean, it almost worked for the Sharks. It did work for the Senators. Um, but out of this is probably three of the worst games the Rangers have played yeah. this season. They won two of them. So yeah, they won two of them. Hard, yeah. to get, hard to complain, but yes. If you go yeah. out of that thinking, oh, the Rangers are fine, I'm not saying that they're in trouble, but there's things to work on. And give the Sharks credit. They came to New Jersey, got their first road win 6-3, beat the Devils in Newark, played a, a spirited 6-5 loss against the Rangers on that Sunday, and then we turn our attention out to the Islanders, and the Sharks were able to win that game down 4-1, another bad period, third period for the Islanders, give up a late goal, eventually lose that game 5-4 in overtime. You got a team at the tail end of a road trip, you get a team that uh, I, I know is playing better, but you're up 4-1 and you blow it. That, that just That's not part of the Islanders' M.O., but bad third periods are, and the crowd at UBS let them hear it. Fire Lambert was the chant that I'm sure that's going to continue for this Islanders team that just can't seem to get out of its own way at times. I believe Lambert called it losing that game was sin, which is actually pretty funny Yeah, for a line, but it was. I mean, look, we, we saw it with the Rangers, and this is something with you're the Islanders where this didn't come out of nowhere. You said it, Don. This team's actually been scoring goals recently where it looked like they couldn't get out of their own way earlier in the season. They're finding ways to score goals, and it was actually against all the Metro teams that they found ways to score goals, ironically enough, uh, which is pretty funny, uh, or the local teams, I should say, but... You can't lose that game. You're home. You already saw the Sharks turn it on in the third against the Rangers a couple days before. You can't give up that lead and lose that game. You just can't do it. No. And that that, that can come back to haunt them because they are going to be a team, best case scenario, that's going to need every point they can to solidify a playoff spot. They came down to the last week, last few games last year to make the playoffs. Right now they're a point out of the playoffs, but the team they're chasing, Toronto's got one point ahead but have played two fewer games. Um, Tampa's played 27 games, so yep. that's something they might be able to take advantage. Three games in hand, just two points back of Tampa. But the disturbing thing is a minus 10 goal differential. That is not what the Islanders are about. No. Not with this goaltending, not with the way that they play hockey. That's just not sustainable. And what kind of has kept them afloat, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you know, comparing them to Carolina who you know has a similar record. They've got 29 points in 25 games, but they've only lost once in overtime or the shootout. The Islanders have lost seven times in oh, overtime or the shootout. So, so that's seven points that you've left dangling out there that you just can't afford... You know that's the difference. That that's the difference of this team being up there with the with, with Carolina and with Philadelphia and battling the Rangers for first place, and a team that's on the outside looking in for the playoffs. And and they, it's it, it's not a team that's probably going to be in that much of a position to approve of the deadline. They kind of are what they are right now. And um, you know Barzell is th- their best offensive hope at times. Anders Lee is also you know very good. They've got some guys, but th- they are what they are, Anthony. And if if they're going to give up leads and play poorly in the third period, that's not a recipe for this team to be able to make the playoffs. No, not with the way that this team scores. They just simply don't score enough 
to be giving up big leads in third periods, um, regardless of how good Ilya Sorokin is. And the, and even the defense kind of crumbles under the pressure in the third period. Um, they only have scored 69 goals. You mentioned the Hurricanes, Don, but they have 83 goals and 83 goals against. So they have a zero differential, but they've scored mm-hmm. 83 goals. The Islanders have yeah. only scored 69 goals. I know. There's not many teams in the East that have scored. Actually, if I look at it right now, I think the only team that scored less is the Capitals with 52. So they're not a team that can afford to be giving up third-period leads when they have third-period leads, because that's few, far in between. And you mentioned the seven overtime losses. We're not even talking about third-period games that they've blown in the third period that they didn't even get to overtime in. I know. So you're leaving even more points on the table. So th- this has not been the start that Islander fans had hoped for. The Metro, is act- as we knew, was going to be tough, but it looks like Philly is keeping themselves in it. Uh, Washington has not played well. The Devils have seemed to turn themselves around a little bit here. Um, so they're going to be uh, knocking on the door at some point. They're only two points behind the Islanders. So this team's going to have to figure it out, and you can't be blowing games against San Jose Sharks. Big game for them yeah. tonight against the Blue Jackets. And you can hear that right here on 98.7. That's right, uh, for sure, with coverage beginning uh, at 7 o'clock. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's interesting to me, the the Devils, they blew a 4-1 lead as well in Vancouver. Now, maybe it's a little bit more forgivable for two reasons. It's the Canucks, one of the best teams in the league in Vancouver, and the Devils still won the game in overtime as the uh, the Hughes Corporation got together there. Yeah, Hughes and, ball. Uh, and and did did the job, but uh, you know, again, it's pond hockey for the Devils, and that's just not sustainable either. No. Now, they're dynamic, and you know, let's not forget, well, how long was their winning streak last year? Off the top of your head, do you remember? Was it when they won? When they rattled off all those wins in a row? Um, oh. and, because, but they were kind of floating around, and then they had that huge winning streak, and it put them right into the playoffs, and they, and that was able to sustain them. But this is kind of similar to last year too, where it's like, yeah, they it was a thirteen-game winning streak. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, you know, so so then that put them all of a sudden deep, you know, high up in the standings, and they were able to sustain that. You know, you look at this team right now. If they were to rattle off thirteen straight wins, they'd be right up there with the Rangers and the Boston Bruins as one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And if they went right back to playing the way they played all year, it still would be enough to sustain that. But with the goaltending not being great, and I know they've got injuries, Hamilton being out, Hughes has been out for a while, um, he's come back now, shear has been on the shelf at, at times this year, but everybody's got to go through injuries. You know, The Rangers are going through it and seem to be you know, surviving it. Other teams have as well, but they're going to have to tighten things up. And first of all, it's no way to make the playoffs, and it's no way to stay in the playoffs playing that kind of hockey. So we'll see. They are playing a little bit better. Um, as they've got 25 points, they're three points out of a playoff spot. Um, as they continue this Western swing tonight, they'll be in Seattle to take on the Kraken, but also another team, you know, minus goal differential, a minus three, despite how many goals they score. Yeah, no, and, and look, the Kraken haven't been playing good either. This is a game that that if you're, especially on a, on a West Coast trip, if you're the Devils, you're going to want to win. Uh, they've lost the Kraken have lost two games in a row, three, four, and three in their last ten. Um, it's funny how many Metro teams, and I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, yesterday as well need goaltending metro teams need goaltending because it looks like carolina's on that list too 
Um, I, I I said it. I think that the Devils' goaltending was going to be their Achilles heel this year. It was going to mm-hmm. be the difference between them making that next step from winning a playoff series next last year to being in contention for a cup this year. Um, I think that's ringing true at the moment. They could certainly turn it around. That could also be with the help of their defense. Um, but they are going to have to play better. You can't, you know, 85 goals, 88 against, minus three goal differential, like you said. Um, can't be giving up that many goals and expecting to climb back into the standings here in the Metro. Now, last night, I thought that was some big boy hockey in Florida between the Panthers and the Stars. That was a fun game. Those yeah, it was. Two of the best teams in the NHL. Um, Stars wouldn't go away despite being down. It was, you know, 3-1, 5-3. They eventually lose the game 5-4, but... That was that was a lot of fun to watch last night on, on national television. Yeah, that third period was crazy. Uh, Kenny had the call, and he did an awesome job as always. But it was a fun game against two teams that are trying to make a name for themselves at the top of their respective conferences. Florida pulled it out, as they should mm-hmm. at home. Uh, but the Stars are pesky, man. And it's funny, because I love Jake Ottinger. Um, I think he's great, and I like the Stars' goaltending. I just find it interesting how... You could look down some days and you go, wow, this team gives up a lot of goals. Um, and it's not like Florida's a pushover. They have a great team. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed watching that game. Uh, TNT got a great a great game to watch. Uh, but, yeah, only 25 shots. I was just taking a look at the shots. 31 shots on Ottinger, and he led in five. Um, not great for him. No, not good. But they, they got tons of traffic in front of him. And a very underrated acquisition for Florida was Evan Rodriguez. I loved him oh, yeah. in Pittsburgh. You know, he was in Buffalo, kind of ignored on a bad team. And he's minus 10 for his career, Anthony. But since he left Buffalo, he was even his first year in Pittsburgh, then a, then a minus three. Then he was plus three, plus seven, plus 13 so far this year for Florida. He's been good. Reinhardt's playing out of his mind with 17 goals. So the Panthers are kind of showing you that what they were in the playoffs is actually what they are. That the aberration was the beginning of the season, but really since the first of the year last year, they've been one of, if not the best teams in the NHL. It's carried over into this year. Stars have been good for a while. You know, two older teams, but those are two teams I looked at. I I can see both of those teams. Watching that game last time, like, those are two teams that can win a Stanley Cup. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I I think the goaltending is there for both. I think the firepower offensively is there. They They have deep teams. They're pretty good in their special teams as well. Um, and it's fun to have those kind of playoff atmosphere games this early in the season, or I shouldn't say early in the season, but this early in December, because um, it's just fun. Uh, you see mm-hmm. two teams that you think can end up matching up against each other later on in the year, or later on, and possibly in a cup, poss- a, a cup matchup. Um, those are fun, and Florida got the best of them. But you took, you saw what happened when the Lightning and the Stars faced each other home and home. Uh, one one dominated one game, one dominated the other. Um, but this one was a this no, for this people that do, that like your two one games. This was not for you. Um, no. But it was a very it was very fun to watch these two offenses work last night. And look out! Here come the Oilers. A, oh yeah, six one win last night. Now they still got a lot of work to do. They only have twenty one points. They're six points out of a playoff spot. But you saw the Blues last night give up uh, what was it five unanswered goals. Losing to Vegas 6-3. They had a 3-1 lead in that one. Let it get away from them. As you mentioned, Seattle's ahead of them, but that's not a great team. Minnesota got a spurt with John Hines taking over, but is that sustainable? Calgary, Nashville. Calgary's at minus 14 goal differential. Nashville's been kind of up and down, so still a lot of work to do, but Hyman's got 15. You know know, McDavid is going to start to heat up here even more, so if there is a team that's down in the pack that can still find a way to get into the playoffs, it's the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, Kenny and crew said that as well uh, last night. 
Uh, they were talking about them, I think, in the second period, maybe. But, Donnie, I got to tell you, I'm loving this Coyote story. Yeah, right? Oh, I'm loving it. The last five wins against all the last five Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> now, granted, you know, you go back to the three, four, five years ago, those teams are completely different. But it's a fun story. And the fact that they have won five straight, six, three, and one in their last 10, and are first in the wild card in the West. I got to tell you, I, I want to see Edmonton, Arizona battle for a wild card spot yeah, at the end of the year. That would be that something. Would be that. And, and, it, and it's, behind the, it's on the back of Connor Ingram. I mean, he has been unbelievable in goal for Arizona. Which is exactly what Edmonton needs in order to keep themselves afloat. Because they have eighty and eight they're eighty and eighty goals for goals against Arizona eighty two and sixty eight. That plus fourteen differential is a big reason why Arizona's where they're at and mm-hmm. Edmonton giving up eighty is a is a very big reason why they're not because you know that they're gonna score goals with Dreisidel and McDavid. Oh yeah. But it's the defense and their goaltending that's gonna keep them that's gonna hold them back. And I don't know, I know you said, Don, that we think we had our, our eight in the West. I like Arizona. And everybody seems to think that Edmonton's going to figure it out. I don't think it's sustainable with Minnesota because I don't think that that team has enough. I think Edmonton offensively has enough. It's just a matter of if that defense and goaltending will be able to yeah. pick themselves up. We'll see. The Coyotes got the Flyers tonight, so that should be uh, a lot of fun. Flyers, I thought I, I got a total kick out of this. You know I'm a John Tortorella guy. The other night he was talking about, we got balls, and now there's T-shirts all over Philadelphia. And we got balls. I thought that was uh, kind of cool. And the Flyers Perfect for that city, no? A pleasant surprise. Right, 13-10-2. Like, like, Philadelphia needs another good hockey team. But uh, we'll see how sustainable it is. But they're third place in the Metropolitan Division, plus four goal differential. Um, we'll see if they can um, they they can maintain this. It, it should be uh, a lot of fun down the stretch to see you know Philly back. It's been a while since Philly has been relevant here, and we'll see if they can uh, make this happen. Yeah, Not that, sure, uh, one of my favorite players of all time, Michael Delzato, was on Spit and Chicklets talking about how Torts might be the most misunderstood coaches in the National Hockey League, and that he loved playing for him regardless of the way he talks to the media and how it seems like he treats the players. Delzato said he. He must have wished that uh, he would have wished that he would have played with Tortorella for his entire career. So people like playing for him. There's a reason he keeps getting jobs. He's a good defensive coach. Um, I would say that he's a players' coach. I think he sticks up for his players, which they appreciate. So and also, what's very underrated about him, I think he works well with young kids. I yeah. know sometimes he loses patience with them, but he knows his. It, 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 I like what Michael said because he is misunderstood. He is a, he's a, and it, it, sometimes it masks just how good a coach he is and how he, as you said, he defends his players. And I don't know if that was sarcasm, but or whether you're telling the truth that you were a big Michael Delzato guy. No, he has me blocked on Twitter. Oh, what happened? I, I probably wrote a couple of articles when I was back in Fordham about how I was fine with him getting traded and Interesting. wasn't well, overly thrilled with his overall play as a New Yorker. I scored his first goal. I believe his first goal was in Philly. If I'm not mistaken. He called um, his first goal. I called his first goal. You know, doing play-by-play, uh, called his first goal. You want to do some tweets? Yeah, let's do that. Also, by the way, Don, something to keep an eye on tonight. If the LA Kings win, they will have the longest road winning streak to start a season in Ooh. NHL history. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk about that yesterday because we didn't do the podcast, but it was like first and foremost in my mind when I said all those comebacks. They were down 3 nothing in yep. Columbus after 2. Yep. And, and they erased it like in the first seven minutes of the third. They're a good team, like, too. I like they them They tied it, and then they won it in overtime. Kaliev's been good for that. They're just, I mean, come on, 10-0 and 0 at home is no joke. A 10-0 and 0 on the road, excuse me, is no joke. And to come back the way that they did. But now they got tonight? 
They have the Canadians. I think that that is a winnable game for them. I know it's in Montreal, and they've probably been on a long trip. But maybe you're thinking, let's get well, home if, if the next game is home. But I, in sports, so I guess they got and then, then their next one Sunday, or do they get a game between Montreal and, and the Rangers? Let's take a look, shall we? Because here's what I'll say, and, and, and this goes for all sports: when you have a long winning Icelanders Saturday. Okay, so it's, they got a few, a couple of games before the Ranger game on Sunday. If you have a long winning or losing streak. And you extend that by something crazy, like meaning if you've got a long losing streak and you blow a big lead, or if you've got an extended winning streak and you come back from a large deficit, that usually the next game is when you end the streak. So I am going to predict the Kings lose tonight in Montreal. So Montreal plus one eighty. Go, yeah, that's 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 a good number to bet. Montreal plus one eighty. As you said, it, it's still a, it's a, a long road trip that's going to continue. Ice pick later today. No, I think I, remind me to do that during the K show, uh, if you don't mind. Oh, and you you had an ECHL story before we go to the uh, social media. Oh, Don, listen. Anytime that there's a game misconduct in a game, we're going to have to get into it, right? Because it's uh, this one. This one, I like this one a lot. Um, so a player in the ECHL, a chicken nugget was thrown onto the ice, and then Kirill Tuchiev. Ended up shooting it back into the stands and got a 10-minute misconduct for throwing it back into the crowd. That's not right. I love it. I did see It's not video. right that it was thrown it on the ice. Funny. It's not right that he threw it back. But the fact that a chicken nugget's involved... The chicken nugget. Nobody was going to get hurt. I don't think anybody's ever died by getting hit by a chicken nugget. I don't care how hard it was hit. <laughs> and he flipped it. It was a wrist shot. It's not a big deal. I think... I think. But I showed you the video. Uh, you didn't know about it. Uh, it's, it's one of those things. It's like only in hockey can you get, can you get something like that. I um, found it funny. Dan sends a tweet. It's like, hey, Hi, Don, Dan. not sure if you heard Mick Kern gave you a nice shout out yesterday on NHL radio for being a New York radio guy that tries to talk hockey. Well, Mick, right back at you, man. I'm a big fan. Worked with Mick way back in the day. I believe he was actually uh, our board op at Sirius on the Canadian side when we did NHL Live when it was just a radio vehicle. I don't know if you know the history of NHL Live, Anthony. Um, you probably know it as the television vehicle That's with right. myself and EJ on the NHL Network, but it actually started NHL Live with myself and Jim Cerny. I know Where him. it was only on um, Sirius XM, and uh, it was only a radio vehicle. And we had a ball doing that show, a lot of fun, and then eventually it became a television vehicle, and, and Jim moved on to bigger and better things. We brought in EJ, who was a backup uh, on the radio side for us. And Joe Tollison was involved. There's a few different people that would come in. Uh, Andrew Bogish that went on the radio Fordham side. Guy. Yeah, and then we, once we started doing um, started doing television, it was just me and uh, EJ. But uh, thank you, Mick. I'm a big uh, Mick guy. Uh, let's see. Uh, JJ says, hey, Don and Anthony. It's JJ from North Carolina. I'm trying to get through on the K show, but it's been absolutely jammed lately. As for hockey, do you think Chicago has the right balance of young players and veterans to accelerate this rebuild no. in the near future? Doesn't feel like in it, the future, it. not this year. No, but. no. I, I listen. I, I know. I kind of declared the Sharks dead, and then they ended up going on a toot here. And There's I, some talent there, but God, you look at the players around the league. Like I was thinking about that when I was looking at. Uh, Kubalik the other night. I'm like, God, how many guys were in Chicago at one time playing? Like young players. Yeah. That they just haven't been able to hold on. It's going to take a little bit of a while there. It's going to be a, 
a slow burn there in Chicago. But if Connor Bedard is legit and there's every indication that he is, that's a nice piece to build around. And they should have a very high pick this year. So I don't I haven't looked at the draft yet to see who the next uh, great player is coming out of this draft, but they've got a chance to kind of do what the Devils did, right? Where they're able to get Hughes and Heeshear in a close proximity to each other and then eventually be able to build a playoff team. I think that's what you're going to have to have happen in Chicago, similar to what happened in the Avalanche, too, where they were awful, and then they you get McKinnon, you get Landeskog, you get uh, Ranton, and then next thing you know, you're winning a Stanley Cup. So, But it does take some time. Look how long it's taken the Red Wings to get back to relevancy. Once a bunch of guys retired yeah. and, 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 and Dylan Larkin has, has been there kind of wasting away on a team that really wasn't ready, but now Alex debrink it's been amazing. Oh, former Blackhawk. Um, and they've got the goaltending, it seems like, in Huso. They seem to like him. Um, they've got young talent. Mo Sider's amazing. Uh, it's gonna, it takes some time, but when it turns around, it can turn around in a hurry. Yeah, and it's hard to believe they've got the second longest drought, the Red Wings. Seven straight years missing the playoffs, bested only by Buffalo. So a team that was a perennial playoff team. It's all going, I knew of them is, was, was playoff team as a playoff team. What's that? When I, when I grew up, all I knew of them oh, was that they were playoff teams. The Eisenman Shanahan streak. teams, like yeah. Oh, and but then you know the salary cap kind of brought them back down to earth as far as because they because you know, again I'm not going to accuse them of buying championships, but you know they were able to get that was where like great players would go to try to get their cup right. You know Luke Robitaille was there. Madonna at the end of his career went there. Um, so many players. You mentioned Shanahan, Hull. Uh, but then when the cap came in and they weren't able to do that, they were still good because they had so many good young players. And then they, they benefited from having Datsuk and Zetterberg, who they you know drafted late Cronwall. In, in the playoffs. And, and then those guys got older and you know Lidstrom eventually left. And um, now they're in the rebuild. Kind of well, very similar to... Um, like the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA is, you know, when Robinson and Duncan and Gasol left and then they had to kind of replenish. It looks like they have now by getting Wemby, but, uh, you know, kind of a similar situation. You can't stay on top forever. Eventually, you're going to have to pay the piper. One of the best logos in sports. I really like the Red Wing logo. No, listen, all when you, you make the case that all six of the original six teams have amazing jerseys, but, you know, Detroit's right up there. Very creative very creative. I mean, the Blackhawks, gorgeous. Um, you know, Rangers, I think, have a terrific jersey. You know, as you said, Red Wings, Bruins, Leafs, Canadians. That's why I don't even like the mess with um, with those jerseys. What would you think, think of the Jets uh, alternates? They didn't like them. I mean, you know, it's funny you brought that up because I was thinking about when the Canadians would go to those, like, expo-type jerseys. That's what it the kind of reminded blue, me of. Not powder blue, but you know what I mean. It's basically Yeah, I don't like know what, what, what color blue you would call it, but yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan. Uh, let's see, Sir Harvey Cruz. Hey, Harvey. Hey, Harvey. Out of the Devils, Flyers, Capitals, and Islanders, who do you ha- feel has the best chance of making the playoffs? Hmm. I think the most talented team out of them is the Devils. So I guess you I could agree. say them, but but Philly's got the upper hand because of where they are. But over the long haul, I would think the Devils. Yeah, for me, no Capitals, no Islanders. Um, I just think... And look, even Pittsburgh. Uh, we, we've been saying it for probably two years on this podcast, on that Pittsburgh and Washington are on their way down. It's it's going to happen. Crosby and Ovechkin are getting old. They always hung around. I think these this is the year we're starting to see that that core is just not there for them anymore. Um, and I think the Devils are on the on the come up, obviously. And I think Philly will hang around. I'd probably put the Devils ahead of Philly, but I wouldn't put past anything past a torch-led team. Now, Tom wants to know, should we be worried about Igor? No. You know, looking oh, at the quick, the quick loss in Nashville, the quick win in Nashville, 
there was a couple of goals I was like, ah, Quick probably would want to have them back. Of the goals that the, the San Jose game, excuse me, the Nashville yeah, yeah. game and the uh, Ottawa game, Igor started. I don't recall looking at a goal saying eh, he should have made that save. I'd I, say I think the f- there were more defensive breakdowns. The first Tarasenko, granted it was a neutral zone turnover, but I'm sure he'd tell you that he wasn't in position on that top shelf goal with his glove that that he probably yeah. saved that one. But no, I mean, look, there were a lot of two on ones. Tarasenko shot it off his pads, and then it went in over the top of his head um, on a, on a crash play. A uh, lot of two on ones, a lot of traffic. Um, and Igor, as we all know, is best when he has a lot of volume play, and he hasn't gotten that yet. They've had a lot of days off. They put Quick in when they've had games back to back. Why would you put Igor back to back coming off of an injury to his lower body? Um, I think he'll be fine. I don't think there's anything to worry about. But I love how this fan base always finds a way to love the backup goalie more than the starter. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, I, I get it. Especially since uh, they've had so many great goal- backup goaltenders. But you know, come on, it's it's been something that's been going on, Anthony, before you were alive. Yes. I remember having conversation with Ranger fans when Richter is like, oh, you know, I, I I think I'd rather have Glenn Healy be the starter. Glenn Healy. You know, it goes back to, oh, you know, Bob Froze, man. He should be the guy. Everybody loves the backup quarterback. Everybody loves the backup goaltender. And listen, Igor is great. But uh, take a look around the league, guys. All right. And I know he kind of set the tone a couple of years ago with that spectacular goal against average under 10. And he had a save percentage that was in the 950s and all that. That's not sustainable in this league. I mean, there's just too much offense, there's too many quality chances. You know, you you see some teams getting six, seven power play opportunity. It's just not. It's not sustainable. It's just, it's just not. So, and I know Boston. Look what they did last year with their goalies. And you know, yeah, I guess for a year you can just be in kind of a groove. But this is the norm. You're going to give up goals. The the fact is, don't give up bad goals too often, and try to win the game. And and listen, he's he's both goal. Really, all of them. I mean, uh, they've got three different goaltenders with wins. The Rangers, because don't forget that Louis uh, Domingue. Louis Domingue beat Minnesota earlier. so um, I'd be more concerned if his dip in play did not coincide with a Rangers dip in play. Um, if he was letting in a lot of goals that were not on him, I would say, yes, you have a right to be a little concerned. This is one of those moments where Igor kind of isn't all the way there for him. Like He doesn't feel like he's all the way there with himself. His confidence, obviously, has been talked about a lot, but they're also not playing well in the Rangers at the moment. Uh, I'd be more concerned if it was they were playing well, but Igor's letting in goals he shouldn't in their losing. Yeah, I, I don't think there's been a game where you say that the Rangers lost because of their goaltending. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. So I would not worry about it. You're still 18-5-1, but the reason we kind of picked the scab is because you've got bigger fists to fry. Right? I mean, this is a team that wants to win a cup, and certainly the way they played over the last three games does not look cup-worthy, but it does say something that they won two of the three games. But you're not facing Nashville, San Jose, and Ottawa in all likelihood in the playoffs. And when they have played teams that are that are good teams, they've, they've come out well. The only team that they've lost to that I would say is a really good team is Dallas. And, and that was a tough spot, too. That was the middle of a road trip where they were on the East Coast and they had to fly quick out to Dallas, come back. I'm not trying to make excuses. Um, but that's that that's a good team. But you know, and they haven't you know they played well against Pittsburgh. Although Pittsburgh is a team that's under five hundred, uh, they you know the Flyers they were able to beat them. Um, they, they it's been a weird schedule too. They've already got their Western Canadian trip out of the way. Their their trip to Dallas, their trip to Nashville. They've gotten that out of the way. Them and the Rangers have. Re- I'm the, the Rangers. That is the Rangers. Them and the Knicks have really had some interesting 
schedule yeah, this year. Yeah, just kind of like just these rogue trips to Dallas and Nashville. Like the Knicks had to just trip out of nowhere to Minnesota. Like it just been it's been weird uh, scheduling so far. And they've also had you know this is that three days off this week. A couple of weeks ago, they had like a five day break where they played like on a on a on a Sunday and didn't play until the following Saturday. It, it's been it's a weird schedule. Peter wouldn't have any of it, and I and I don't expect the coach to make excuses. But um, there, there is sometimes extenuating circumstances to why a team plays. Slew of games tonight. Um, the, the ones that I'm highlighting, King, I like the Canadians tonight, a plus 180 at home against the Los Angeles Kings. So the Canadians and Kings tonight, that's a good one. You mentioned Blue Jackets and Islanders. Islanders got to get back on track. Be interesting how the Stars respond. Second of back-to-backs going from Florida to Washington, a capital team that's kind of been up and down. Same with the Lightning, too. They've got to be in Nashville to take on the Predators. Second of back-to-backs for them. Does the schedule maker realize where Nashville, Tennessee is? No. I mean, it, no, I mean it's, not, it's not really that close to, like, you know, they, they were in Tampa last night. And to go to Nashville, it's not around the corner. So it's it's weird. Like the Rangers had back to backs where they played in Nashville and then at home, and now you got the Lightning playing in Tampa, then in Nashville. It's 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 odd. Do they know where Nashville is? It, it's tough. I'm sure that this is a very hard job. I couldn't do it. It's a lot of scheduling and a lot of different moving parts and which arenas have the availability and things of that nature. But sometimes you have to wonder if there's a better way. And I also um, nine o'clock Jets Avalanche in Colorado looks like a good one too. Coyotes oh, yeah. and 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 Flyers. So just a lot of good games tonight. So let's do this again tomorrow. Yeah, we need to do a top five. We got to do the top five. Get more into the social media stuff. But we wanted to get something up after what happened yesterday. But uh, I, I feel good that uh, we were able to get something done before Friday. So you want to get in touch with us at Don Lagreca or at Anthony Pusick. Hashtag game misconduct. We'll talk to you again coming up. Tomorrow, this was the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor.